Hello, Ash. Happy Friday this time. I hope your week has been a good one. Yeah, it has. Uh, thanks for accommodating me on this recording. Uh, normally, we do these on Sundays, uh, although we don't really release them in real time, so it probably doesn't matter. But we, we a lot of times, like we'll record them on a Sunday. But uh, this Sunday, I'm going to be uh, running <laughs> ten miles across uh, seven breweries in Western Queens. Oh, that sounds so fun! Um, that. T- Running 10 miles is, um, sounds like I, I think I might be dead by the end of it, but <laughs> we'll see where I am. I'm not sure. Uh, it should be interesting. Cause then we have a week full of offsite at work, uh, right after. So, uh, yeah, that's why I asked to move this. Cause I'm going to try to get it done, enjoy, and then get in bed at a reasonable hour. Right. <laughs> Uh, get get a little bit of time to prepare yourself for for the next marathon, which will, which will be your uh, offsites at work, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But it does sound like a fun 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 day, and um, it sounds like it'll be a good one to be outside. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we jump in uh, today, uh, unsurprising to anyone, I'm sure uh, we're going to be talking a lot about AI. Uh, but before we jump into that, I, I wanted to just share that I was. Uh, uh, maybe a month or so ago, I recorded uh, as a guest a podcast called API Intersection. It's done by a company called Spotlight. Uh, so I'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, for folks that are interested in developer relations, like we we dive pretty deeply into it. Um, and particularly, uh, we just kind of ended up talking a lot about hiring developer advocates and what goes into that and why it's such a weird job to hire for. <laughs> Um, and how to make it less weird for all involved. <laughs> so anyways, nice. if, if anyone happens to be interested in that, I'm going to throw it in the show notes. I think uh, probably worth checking out. And just in general, API Intersection is definitely a podcast I would put on um, your list if you're interested in uh, sort of like the deeper tech related stuff, API related stuff uh, when you listen to podcasts. That sounds like it was, it sounds like a good session. I'll definitely have to go add that to my uh to my uh, uh, playlist. Cool. So we are going to talk about AI, <laughs> as I mentioned. <laughs> to, and to no one's surprise. Um. <laughs> yeah, no one's surprise. It's it's kind of been all anyone talks about anymore. And certainly you and I, we talk about it a ton. Um, we're going to talk about an area that I have zero experience in as a user or developer or anything. But before we get there, I wanted to at least kind of wade in for my own good in terms of talking a little bit about (laughs) things we have kind of talked about before, Mm -hmm. but there are updates. There are. There are. Lots of fun updates. (laughs) So here's the thing. Um, I don't have to tell you this, Carrie, but for everybody else, uh, as as we speak, roughly 10 days ago, seven days ago, Mm -hmm. Adobe announced that Photoshop now has this thing called generative fill. Yes. uses AI in a way that really just comes straight off the pages of a TV show script. So <laughs> I had not thought of it in that way, but yes, you are it's absolutely totally, right. <laughs> it's totally that. So like I, uh, here, here's my, here's my little story and it's a, it's a sandwich of Adobe products. I, I'm really not trying to <laughs> pitch Adobe AI stuff at all, but like, uh, what, what can I say? I, um, so, uh, go back a week ago mm-hmm. and my wife, a floral designer here in, in Queens, uh, was about to have a table at our local open street. So that's where we, you know, block off 
some blocks locally and um, do like street fairs or whatever. So cars aren't going through. You can have like local vendors and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she showed me she had she had gone into pages. Right. I don't know. For people uh, Mac OS don't... pages or yeah. Apple pages. Uh, yes. So Apple pages. Right. Uh, basically, Microsoft Word, but made by Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has it. Most people, I assume, don't really use it. But uh, <laughs> she, she'd gone in there and she was like, here's here's the flyer. What do you think? And I said, OK, from now on, I make the flyers. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was just one of those things where I'm like, in a pinch, this would have been fine. But we had a day. So I'm like, cool. Here's what I'm going to do. One, I'm going to roll up on Adobe Express and grab one of those templates and start to make it my own. Mm-hmm. And that went really, really well. Um, you know, there were some bumps here and there. I think bouncing back and forth between the iOS app and the the web browser experience, uh, you know, I think there's still some stuff that's going to have to be tightened up there over time. But I think if I had stuck to one device, probably would have been a, a lot smoother of a ride. Anyways, uh, I got I I jumped in and eventually got what I needed out of Adobe Express using that template. Right. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, here's the name of the business. Here's what we're doing at the open street. Here's what we we my wife's business, that is. But here's here's what they normally do Mm -hmm. um, in terms of services and that kind of thing. Cool. The only issue is that on the other side of it, I wanted to print a postcard like uh, four by five size. I don't, I don't know if that's postcard or not, but I sounds sorry. right. <laughs> sorry. I said four by five, four by six, six. There we go. <laughs> Why? Because I have one of those inkjet printers that can print nice. on a glossy four by six. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, I print it out and it's letterboxed or uh, you can either letterbox it where you've got like white edges on the top and the bottom, which is Yay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> having that is, eh. It wasn't making me super excited. <laughs> and then I thought, OK, cool. So uh, I think my wife tried it once and she had done it where it would just like fill the page. But then like you're getting clipping of actual critical information. So. Here's where we can take this thing that I've made in Adobe Express and move it into the Photoshop nice. beta that has this thing called generative fill that uses AI, the, the magical TV show CSI version of, of AI, where, uh, and for maybe the first time ever, I'm saying that in a way that I intend it to be complimentary. So like, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. So if you, if you go in into the creative cloud app, you can get the beta, download mm-hmm. it, uh, the Photoshop beta, Download that, and then you are greeted with the option to do generative uh, fill. I guess is what we're what they're calling it. <laughs> and here, so here's the crazy thing. Um, at first, I noticed like there's a text box there where you can just like you select part of the image and type in what you want. Mm-hmm. Give me green little little green aliens, <laughs> and it'll do that, <laughs> which is so fun, which is wild, but. What I was like, hmm, what I really want this thing to do is just extend the background of this image, which is yeah. like this vaguely floral print. And I thought, I don't really know how to describe this well enough in a one shot prompt. And I let me just see. Can I just click this button without putting a prompt in? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, yes, you can. And it's so cool. So like all I had to do was like um, go in and, you know, I made a layout in Photoshop, which is just four by six mm-hmm. or, you know, the equivalent. And then selected the edges where there was nothing, and then just put gener- push the button generate a fill, and it it just it it just 
It just it made more it. image it's that so looked cool. like the original one. It's insane. Have you I, played with this much? I have played with it a little bit um, uh, in, in a couple of contexts. So um, I was playing with it yesterday um, on this image that, oh, shoot, it's been a while since I... I don't, I, I, it was on the West coast where I took it probably one of our, um, days of be, being able to get together before COVID and, and, and all that stuff. Maybe it was a dev days event or something like that. Um, but it was in this, um, uh, this picture of like two, uh, a, a table with some lamps on it and some curtains behind it. And I was just really curious. So I, I went into it and I, I expanded the image and I, and I was originally going to be pretty ambitious. And then I thought it's like, I won't be terribly ambitious. I'll, I'll expand it by a little bit just to see what ha happens with it. Um, did that, selected the pixels, inverted it so I can get the edges um, and did the same thing you did. It's like, okay, there's a text box there. I don't know. So I just left it blank, click generate. Um, and then I got interrupted at work or something like that. So I kind of forgot about it for a few hours. <laughs> and then I came back. Um, I think it was maybe the next morning, took a look at it and go, Oh, that's super cool. Cause it had filled in the rest of the curtains and everything, um, which was just, and it maintained the style of, because I had done some photo processing on it. So it, it wasn't just that, Oh, it saw curtains and then dropped in like full on colorful curtains or white curtains. Like these were, there's a very particular pattern to these curtains and it had just done it all over the, the, all over the expansion. It was super wild. And it's like, what I really love about it too, is that it creates a new layer. So it doesn't nuke your existing um, uh, selection. It creates a new layer. And now that means that's editable, you know, with all the layer tools that Photoshop has. And I don't know if you caught, noticed this or not. Um, it took me a couple uh, rounds to catch. It gives you variations too. So there's a little left and right button after you do a generate and you can cycle through maybe three or so versions Oh, which yeah. is so nice. <laughs> I see that. Okay, yeah. So just for the folks who haven't seen this yet, what, what happens is when you do make one of those layers, which by the way, of course, Photoshop would do that. That's so that's such a mm -hmm. nice touch. But I, I had that moment when I started. I'm like, is this going to like destroy I, my original? That's and what I thought for a second, too. Yeah. And of course, it's Photoshop. It's not going to do that. It's going to make layers. And then when you do that, that's when you get that little pop up that's like add a prompt. Uh, you can regenerate, you can thumbs up or thumbs down it, uh, flag it. There's like a, a handful of other options, but you get like that little floaty bar and that's how you kind of like interact with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then on that bar, there's, um, I think it's a left Chevron and a right Chevron and you can kind of tab be or not tab but cycle between some variations that it generates. Um, which I think is a really cool idea. Cause I mean, of course you want to see some variations of it versus having to click regenerate. 20 times. Um, it is just so, so freaking cool. Um, so that's context one. I was using it inside of Photoshop. The other cool thing is, is, um, because all of this number one is based on Firefly. Um, so, um, Firefly has also incorporated this into the image generation side of the house. So number one, you can just upload an image and do a generative fill on it. So if you're not uh, as comfortable as we are in Photoshop, like you don't have to know Photoshop to get the benefits of generative fill right now, you could just go to firefly.adobe.com, log in, and then there's a section in there called generative fill, upload an image, and you can kind of do some masking there and tell it where, where you want to fill in, which is really cool. 
But what that allows them to do is you can put in your AI uh, text to image prompt. And so we were, uh, my mom and I were playing with this a bit because she uh, she does some stuff around uh, with an art site. She will do like coloring pictures. And so sometimes for inspiration, you want to say, you know, like generate me this and then I'll, I'll create something based on that. So like, you know, show me a dragon and then you get a reference of a dragon or something like that. And um, we were playing with it, but like it would always come back or with with her particular prompts and some of mine, there would be things extra, you know, it's like, I want to clean that image up a little bit. And now with generative fill in there, you can immediately go from the prompt to the generative fill section, lasso around these things, click generative fill and poof, they disappear. <laughs> and it's so cool. That's insane. Yeah. So the workflow there is really well thought. Um, and that's kind of, I think maybe where I started noticing some of the variations as well. Um, and then you can just download it and, and continue on your merry way. But the layers thing in Photoshop is just what really, that one really seals the deal for me. It's like, okay, this is perfect. Like, of course, Photoshop would do it. Like shame on me for doubting Photoshop wouldn't have created a layer, but I mean, you never know these days, you right? Know. In terms of AI, like, okay, it might just decide to replace the whole thing. Um, but it's just so cool. And it's, it's just really good. Like, I mean, I didn't figure it doing, um, with no prompt whatsoever. Like it's understand, it seems like it's understanding the context in which it finds itself. Yeah. The, the original ad that, or whatever, when the press came out about this feature, when it was released in the beta a week or so ago, had like the cyclist that was on some sort of like long road in Utah or something. And uh, they did this thing where it was like clean up road and then it cleaned up the road. And then it was like, add the yellow middle stripes here. Cause there were none and it did it. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching that going, yeah, right. I'm like, you gotta <laughs> like, I'm sure you found like the, the most perfect example. And right. You know, this is I, the happy path. <laughs> yeah. But I, I haven't played with this much yet, but at least like what little I have, like it just kind of does the magic in a way that sometimes, uh, you know, my limited Photoshop skills like won't get me quite where some of these other features can get, a, you know, a real Photoshop artist. Mm -hmm. This this kind of felt like, oh, great. I mean, like, honestly, I'm not trying to art here. I'm trying to like make a flyer. Right. Right. And so it was just one of those things where it's like, honestly, I'm just going to select this little rectangle where currently there is nothing and extend this image. And it just did it. Which is so nice. I mean, the number of times where like I would have had to deal with like, OK, I'll just resize it and live with losing some of it or live with the letterboxing or like the other times when I've had to do that, it's like, OK, I'll find an average color that makes decent sense and then maybe blur the edges or put a gradient on like having to go to some effort just to make something that doesn't look horrible um, or obviously letterboxed. And then it's like or maybe um, if you're decent enough, maybe uh, not decent enough, but um if you really want to go to some effort, copy and paste, and then maybe swap it and do some um, uh, healing brush or whatever, and hope that maybe it will cover up over the edges. That's just so much effort. And now you've got something, all you have to do is select the edges done and it just fills in the gaps. And it's like, Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> it's amazing. So <laughs> I, I made that flyer, right. And then mm -hmm. printed it, printed a bunch of them out and took them to the open street and, uh, Got a few compliments on the flyer and it, it was like, 
I don't know, trying to like pet a rabbit dog or something. Cause like someone would be like, Oh, this is a cool flyer. I'd be like, Hey, let me tell you about this. How this flyer was made. Have you heard of AI <laughs> and Photoshop? I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so they're, they're all, after you were talking to them, they would run to the next person and say, don't talk to that person about the flyer. <laughs> you don't know what he'll say. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I toned it down a bit after that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of fun to see like how you can start tying some of these tools together. I hadn't considered that I could go straight into Firefly and do it. Had I considered that, I might have noticed that there's actually uh, another new tool in there. One There is. We did a whole ep- episode not too long ago on Firefly when it first came out. Um, and we mentioned some of the ones that were about to come out. Uh, some of the features that were about to come out. So you 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 noted to me just a little bit earlier that there's a, a new feature in Firefly now. Yeah. Um, so if you go to firefly.adobe.com, um, it's the fourth one, first one in the second row. Um, there's gener- generative recolor. Um, and their description here is generate color variations of your vector artwork from a detailed text description. Um, and I think their their example in the thumbnail uh, looks like a um, a dog being with uh, with polygons, kind of a low poly art style, um, being recolored into various options. Um, and so that one has now also um, become uh, live. And if you go into it, um, your very first step is generate color variations of vector artwork to get started. Um, upload an SVG file, and so. It's worth noting at this point, you are you do need to have something that is a vector artwork. Um, but if you have an SVG somewhere on your on your machine, um, you can um, load that in. Um, obviously, it's going to be useful if it's got uh, multiple colors and things like that in it. Um, I don't know what it will do on on single color. It's it might it might be fun to try that as well. But the one that I tried it on was just a, a multiple color version. Um, and so you upload that and then it gives you, uh, the prompt is describe the color palette that you want. Um, so this kind of makes my brain, um, I don't want to say it breaks it in a way, but like, I'm so used to AI ML, like being, tell me what you want. Tell me the text you want me to write, or tell me the kind of image you want me to generate. Like I'm used to prompting in that way or prompting to say, this is what you should fill a selection with for generative fill. I hadn't thought about how would I describe to an AI how to define a color palette? Um, So um, I'm just using in my particular example, like colors of the sunset or something. I'm sure you could get really interesting with this and and maybe picking out uh, gradients or colors of various things. But it is an interesting concept that I hadn't had to 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 work with in my brain yet is like AI to describe a color or, or describing a color palette from a prompt. Um, but then you give it that and then it gives you some similar kind of variations that you would get in regular Firefly uh, image uh, text to image generation. So it gives you like four variations um, and you can pick which one you like the best or, or refresh another one. Um, but then it act, it does, it, it's paying attention to it. It's like, so in my example, I was getting, I'm getting oranges and reds and very much colors of the sunset, um, is, is coming out of it. Um, so it's, it's really cool. Um, there's some sample prompts that they give to also, you know, try and spark one's imagination. Um, so a few of these are, um, salmon sushi. 
um, which is looks like it's a bit of a pink slash um, salmon colored uh, palette. Um, dark blue, uh, midnight, um, trippy disco light. I like that one. That is that is such a fun fun, fun prompt, and it definitely is giving me trippy disco light uh, when I look at it. It's very purpley and neon, and there's some yellow splashes, um, faded emeralds, uh, things like that. And then if you scroll down in the 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 panel, you also have this uh, ability to specify the harmony. So. Um, you can select whether or not you want these colors to be complementary or triad, uh, depending on how, how far you are into color theory. Um, you, of course, you could just try them out randomly and see what happens. And you can also give it some additional colors. You can tell it to preserve black and white or say maybe throw caution to the wind and let it color the whole thing. And it, lo and behold, it goes and does that. Now the image I had had a white background and now it's green and cyan. And it's it's a really cool way of playing with vectors um and um it's i it has some interesting possibilities i think that yeah this is super cool i i i'm just sitting here fiddling with it a bit like we we have a book here that we bought um we bought this book in japan but like i guess you could get this kind of thing anywhere which is just it's like a whole catalog like maybe a couple hundred pages of different color palettes you could use and it's kind of fun to read through and then we'll have like example, like, uh, I don't know if you call it like implementations, but like usages mm -hmm. of those color palettes as well. And I do find myself thumbing through that sometimes when I'm trying to put together like color schemes for me, like this kind of thing is like one of the, the hardest things to do. It's just like I can fall in love with <laughs> a, a color palette that I think is like amazing. And then it's like, oh, so this is also like you can't use it on the web or you can't print it or um, it's not accessible. And all these things are important. Um, and it just makes it like really tough. Uh, so I, I don't know. I like the thought that this eventually feels like it's going to expand in that kind of thing where I'm like, look, I want something that's like web, mm -hmm. a, a color palette that's primarily web friendly and accessible based on these standards and indexes heavily on this part of the color spectrum. And then you can kind of go from there. I, I, and, you know, based on the harmony, you can say, well, I, and I want it to be all, you know, complementary or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't I feel like, I kind of feel like that's where this would go right now. Um, it's just, it's pretty fun to play with. I, I don't find myself doing a lot of vector. And when I do, it's always like, I'm trying yes. to deal with some sort of SVG and I, Every time I'm dealing with SVG, I feel like I'm in over my head. Like I just <laughs> chaos ensues. I know how you feel. <laughs> until eventually, maybe I get what I want, but it's never as straightforward as I'd like. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. So as we were just chat, as you were just saying that, I I put in uh, as the prompt, uh, web friendly, accessible, high contrast. Now, no idea that it has actually picked web friendly co colors. <laughs> I, I I have no clue. Um, and then I've also selected a color like um, one of the orange ones down there. So that, it looks like that gives it a direction to select like a specific color. But I will say this. It does seem to have pulled back some uh, generated back some high contrast or higher contrast imagery. So I'm wondering if there aren't um, some things that you can do to kind of direct it even beyond just oh, I want a color palette that looks like the sunset. Maybe there are ways that you can kind of widen it out. I think that would be really awesome. Like um, being able to have a design, um, whether or not it's an express or, or um, in Photoshop, 
or whatever you're working on. And you just have this little tool out there that says, Hey, could you run a quick accessibility check on it for me? And if it isn't, uh, pick some new colors that, that still matches the, the, the theme I was going for, but makes it better. Um, that's that it's, that's super cool. And I think, um, would be really useful. Yeah. And so just kind of as a general warm up slash tour de force of all the cool stuff that came out from Adobe in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> again, I just one of these things where I just happened to have a, a real need for this right as it came out. Like I literally sat down on. I think it was Saturday morning to download the Photoshop beta because I was like, ah, there's I'm letterboxed and I don't want to be and I don't know how to make <laughs> how this myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so now, like, luckily, here comes this thing that was just released and I, I can use it. So I, I think someone was reading the future timelines and knew just when to drop it for you. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Because I'll, I'll tell you again, like Lightroom is my sweet spot when it comes to all the Adobe stuff. And once I go outside of that, like... I definitely feel in over my head. Oh, but can you, I, I can't wait to see this in Lightroom, um, the generative fill, like, because to your point, I love living in Lightroom. Um, and there are some pictures that I can think of in the back of my mind in the past where it's like, oh, that would be so nice to remove that particular thing or to fill it with something different. But that's going to be so much effort either in Lightroom or Photoshop. And I know you could do like Lightroom edit in Photoshop and bring it back. So having this is like, there are pictures that I'm thinking of hmm, now, maybe I need to go back and revisit because generative fill might do what I want it to do. So that there might be an update in the future to, uh, to see how that goes. <laughs> I had that exact same thought. I have a photo um, that in my, in mind specifically that, by the way, I edited when you and I were on a plane together once coming back from New Orleans for some developer conference. And, um, it was, I, I did that in some flavor of Photoshop on the iPhone at the time. Oh, that's right. Cause that yeah. had just been fairly recent. That's right. That was like, not current, like we're going to put full Photoshop on the iPad mm -hmm. kind of thing. It Photoshop was more Express? like, I think. well, like there, there was a time where like, every feature was going to every Photoshop feature was going to be an app kind of thing. And then That's you would right. sync yes. your image via the cloud and open up each app and do a thing. Um, so, and, and I was actually really pleased with it. And I've, I, I've printed that on metal um, since then. And it looks great. Actually. I mean, if I can say so myself, but like <laughs> you can, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> I'm pleased with the result. Let's put it that way, even printed, but there are some things I can imagine. I might want to go back and play with. Um, mm -hmm. So I might do that. Yeah, we'll have to do a before and after comparison. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> we started in kind of like a spot that like for me, I feel a little more comfortable talking about because I'm doing these things right now. Um, whereas you have been playing, it sounds like in a different space altogether creatively with AI. <laughs> so let's just rip the bandaid and jump into something that I have no idea about. And <laughs> I, I can't wait to to learn. Well, so um, I don't think it's any secret uh, that um, I love music. Um, I think we both both ha have musical bents, um, being able to do uh, synthesizing and, you know, creating creating um, musical compositions and things like that. Um, so I really enjoy um, thinking about um, how AI can work in that space as well, because we're, we're really familiar already to this point where, oh, AI can generate some really interesting images. AI can generate some interesting text. 
what can it do about music? Um, and I was watching a YouTube video and I'll have to see if I can find it in the show notes. Um, cause this wasn't its primary, um, point. Um, I don't know if you uh, happen to ever watch a, a YouTube channel called answers with Joe. Mm. Um, really, really cool, uh, channel. Um, he, he, uh, he 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 talks about a lot of things, but does does some research into it. The the topic uh, du jour that day was AI. I mean, same with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he mentioned that uh, he had done a whole session on some of the AI tools that might be useful. Um, and in his particular case, it was from a YouTube perspective or a media con or a content creator perspective. And, um, my mom has similar challenges cause she does some YouTube videos. If I'm going to get into any YouTube streaming, um, the, the, the topic occurred to me too. And it's like, immediately the first thing that comes up is audio. How in the world, like, it's so easy to get content claimed or copy, have copyright strikes. Um, and you, like no one wants to deal with that hassle. And one of the tools that he came up with, um, which I thought was a little bit interesting and kind of led me into this little bit of a rabbit hole. Uh, was AI-generated music. There were some other interesting tools in there as well that could help with uh, content creation, um, you know, writer's block and all that kind of stuff. Um, Chat GPT figured into that and, and all of that jazz. Um, but um, this is kind of where I first started digging into the rabbit trail a little bit. So he had um, this website called soundraw.io. Um and if you go to this website, um, it bills itself as the AI music generator for creators. Stop searching for the song you need, create it. Royalty-free music. So already selling me on the mm -hmm. YouTube story. AI generated for you. And then you can just immediately go in and start playing. Like you don't even have to do a whole lot of uh, rigmarole to sign up, which I welcome. Like I love being able to try things before I have to create accounts for them. Um, and it just immediately goes into this and you can select a length, you can set a tempo and you can select a mood, um, or a genre or a theme. Um, and you can kind of, uh, tie these together and you'll get a AI generated result at the end. Now, um, it's worth noting there is no prompting here. <laughs> so in this particular case, I am not like, like I would to chat GPT or Dolly. I'm not typing in a prompt that describes the style of music I would like. I am not typing in a prompt that describes how it changes over time. Um, part of the, this, this particular site's goal is like quick and easy, like in and out, you've got what you need. You don't have to, to spend a lot of time on it. Um, so it's more like, um, guided prompts rather than you're just typing it all, all in yourself. Uh, and then uh, once you pick on, pick, pick a few things, um, it will go off, it will go do its generation and it will come back with this nice long list of, of options. Um, and then you can kind of refine from there. You can add in other instruments or remove instruments. You can change the theme a little bit, um, change the length. Um, and you get a visual representation of kind of what it looks like, but you can also play it back. Um, and, um, it's, it does some really, um, cool things, uh, in that it doesn't, at least to me, immediately sound AI generated, number one. 
uh, I don't know exactly what that would sound like, but if you've ever heard um, in the past when you've done, uh, when there's been stories about this AI can go write music, it always kind of sounds a bit random and chaotic to me. Um, more like it's just kind of this, this, this bot making random noise. Um, and it may not have any particular themes or anything like that. And um, this sounds different than that. It sounds like there is actual pattern behind it because I think that's what it's doing. And I think you had an example, or, or I think you, you were starting to play one there. We'll have to see if we can download it because I don't know how well it will come over in the audio. You weren't um, supposed to be able to hear that. I don't know why it came out of my speakers. <laughs> it came out of your speakers. Um, yeah, I, that, that's why I haven't clicked one on mine yet either. Um, I'll have to download a few and put them in the chat notes. Um, but it sounds very much like what I'm imagining is happening is that they've got lots of recorded human played instrumentation that they are stitching together. Um, because it all sounds like like the drums are on 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 beat, the the progressions make sense, um, and um, I will say that for short stuff like for an intro to a YouTube, like it would be absolutely perfect. The more that I played around with it, like if I was trying to aim for certain things, the more you could kind of see like it's very pattern based. Um, but for certain styles of music, that's perfectly fine. Um, so. This one is really interesting. Um, it's really fast when in generating. So I also am, am imagining like it's clearly not, or I don't think, unless they have a supercomputer behind it, I don't think they're generating each audio sample. I think they're just picking from a huge library of samples and saying these go well together. These instruments go in here well together. And then you can kind of pick and choose um, uh, and refine it over time. This is really interesting. I'm just kind of like diving into all aspects of this. Obviously, I started playing around with it and I wanted to see like, how can I how can I select different instruments? But I won't do that right now because I don't know where the audio is going to come out of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's cool uh, to see. I, I started clicking through also to like the license and it's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. like, I, <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting to me that like, so for example, in video creations, uh, one the first thing they call out that you're not allowed to do with this audio is make lo-fi girl type of video. So I, I don't know. If, yes, I don't know exactly what. <laughs> oh, well, what so, no, I, I, yeah, I was going to say like, I, I don't know if everybody here knows what lo-fi girl is. I do. Um, it's a great YouTube channel. It's basically like a forever loop of mm, uh, this particular background of a, a girl studying at her desk. And it it's not just a loop, like it'll... It'll have daytime and nighttime and storms in the background. But the idea is like it's all lo-fi, like uh, see. chopped up beats type of music. The idea being that you can just like put it on and listen to it forever. And you, it's the video is there in, in their parlance here. It's the video is there to support the music, mm -hmm. you know. So in other words, the music's the main feature. And right. I think most of what this stuff is getting at is like the music is not meant to be the main feature of the thing you are making. Please don't like export music from this and then try to upload it to iTunes, for example. Right. Which makes sense. Um, cause it's really is made for, um, doing things that are when, where you need that splash of audio, you, you need an intro or you need some background music. You don't want it to get dinged uh, for copyright, um, or have to pay royalties on it. But on the flip side, if you're just taking all their music that gets generated, and streaming it 24 seven is like, well, that feels like um, maybe you're not using it in quite the right way. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, look, it says that podcasts are okay. I don't know. Uh, I've we'll never to... really thought about adding music to this one. I never one, thought but... about that either, but there we go. <laughs> we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to see if I can generate a podcast for, I wonder what kind of style we do for uh, I'd Rather Be Scripting. <laughs> I don't know. I thought this was great, though, because like, yeah, when you go in and select, like, it's all the scary-ish things that really jump out to me. You can pick angry or dark. Dark is like a skeleton or a skull. <laughs> There's fear. There's uh, suspense and restless. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I want to I have ChatGPT do an analysis on this and just say, like, are they like over indexing on like the more negative emotions here? It does make you wonder. Like, I, I'm curious, um, like how one, how they came up with these moods. Um, some of them are obvious, like happy or, or hopeful. Um, Running is apparently a mood. Um, uh, Rome, uh, yeah, there's a running one down there. Oh, I see. Um, which I bet could generate some interesting ones. Uh, if you just want to run to the beat, there's another one, heavy and ponderous. And uh-huh. It looks like there's storm clouds um, in there. So, like, I, I also, or what I really love, and I'm, I, I'm assuming you're getting the same imagery that I am, since you said the, the, the dark had the skull, the funny and weird one. Funny and weird, funny and weird. <laughs> How did I not notice that? I think I got so weirded out by some of the scary and sad ones that like, right. I don't know, that must say something about me. But I was just like, this is too much in my face. Like, I will never click that scary button. And I'd be fine if I never had to see that image again. Yeah, now that you say it, I hadn't noticed the scary one. And oh, my goodness, that yeah. that is an image I really don't ever want to see again. A little too um, real. Uh, and then it's like it continues. So if you there's genre below that as you scroll down, um, and I'd I'd be like really curious to know like how who who mapped from um, pop to a picture of a a, a um, to 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 this uh, I can't even come up with the words. I think you're uh, looking for Ferris wheel. Ferris but wheel. Thank I'm you pretty very sure. Much. I think this is the London Eye. I might be wrong, but like uh, it, yeah, you're probably right. London Eye. Um, or that house apparently is swirls of glass. <laughs> um, and orchestra does not show an orchestra. It shows a piano. <laughs> <laughs> In a big empty room. In a big empty room. Um, so I, I'd be curious who came up with the imagery to the, uh, to, to the theme or to the mood or the genre. Well, it um, better have been AI. It better have been AI, right? That's right. <laughs> we want AI all the way down. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah. And it, so like, it's very, really interesting. Um, then you get into like some of the themes and there's like broadcasting, um, but there's tutorials. Um, which like I'm the part, there's a part of my brain that goes, how does tutorials change from some of these other things? Like, um, is there a, is there a trend of a certain style in YouTube tutorial videos? Maybe there is, um, there is a technology section. So maybe that's the start for the, I'd rather be scripting, uh, podcast, uh, title song. (laughs) Could be, uh, by the way, Vergecast, uh, is a podcast that exists, uh, Mm -hmm. and, um, I like listening to that one. So it does more than exist. Like I, I've, I've started listening to it relatively frequently and their theme music is really cool. It's just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like this sort of like blips and bloops, glitchy kind of bunch of chopped up samples and or synths. I, it's, it's very interesting, but I can imagine like if I clicked this technology button here in sound draw that 
uh, I'd, I'd get something akin to the something Verge similar. music. And I got to say, uh, <laughs> the fact that we're sitting here recording and doing this like is making me really antsy because I'm just like, I, what I really want to really do wanna play these. <laughs> is click through and start playing with all this stuff, but then it'll turn into a mess. Uh, that may, may, maybe at some point we can, I don't, I don't know, uh, do our best of uh, from making stuff yes. up in SoundDraw. Absolutely. Um, so this is this, this is already really, really cool. Um, but this led me down the rabbit hole. Um, what else is out there? And it turns out there's quite a bit. And we're not going to have ta- nearly time enough to go over all of them. And I have not had a chance to try all of them. Um, but there's one, there's another one um, that, of course, uh, let me set the stage a little bit. Like there's a lot of cases in music where, um, maybe you're not as interested in music generation, but maybe you're in interested in like being able to uh, create or remove um, like the vocals or remove an instrument because you're using that piece to practice with. Um, so some of these will use AI to go and remove the background vocals or remove the lead vocalist or remove a particular instrument so that now you have a stem that you can play with and and practice with, which is nice. And it, what I, I'll be curious to see some of the the quality on that because in the past, like removing vocals is, um, I've never had good luck with something that removes the vocals um, and isolates a particular track. Um, if AI can do a good job at that, that's awesome um, because there's so many times when I would really like to practice to a piece and it's like I I I want I'm trying to be the the lead, not 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 following the the person singing. Um, so being able to kind of control that a bit would be handy. Um, so some of these fall into that category, right? Um, where they're really focusing on AI as part of the workflow, but not using AI to generate new 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 content so much as taking parts in and out. Um, so things like um, fader.com um, kind of sets themselves up as as that particular example where you can create stems, you can create remixes. So it's clearly got some things going on in terms of the generative art capability. Um, but it really, it is, it is starting from some existing content and then modifying it rather than always starting it from whole cloth. Um, another one though, that this one kind of goes into, if, if sound raw is for the quick in and out, right? There's another one called Ava. And this is spelled A-I-V-A dot A-I. Um, they build themselves the artificial intelligence composing emotional soundtrack music. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I do not know what this means. Um, and then down below it says a creative assistant for creative people. Whether you are an independent game developer, a complete novice in music, or a seasoned professional composer, Ava can assist you in your creative process. You can create compelling themes for your projects faster than ever before by leveraging the power of AI generated music. Um, and they also have similar things where it's like no licensing headache. They have a free tier. Um, now, interestingly and nicely, they immediately call out, you know, who owns the copyright. So unless you pay for the pro plan, Ava owns the copyright. But if you or uh, you want to pay a lot, uh, I think it's 33 a month um, and you were doing this a lot, you can you can say that you have the copyright. Um, but what's nice, what I'm, what I'm having fun with in Ava, and, um, this is, this I feel like is going to be an absolute rabbit trail is because they take kind of like a little bit of, it's, it starts to feel like a little bit like sound raw initially. And then you have, uh, knobs that you can adjust. 
<laughs> sound draw plus knobs is that what i'm sound hearing? draw plus knobs <laughs> um so you do have to have an account for this one um i used my uh a google account um because you can sign in with google um the very first thing that you're given is you can you have three ways of creating content you can create a composition just just with some basic parameters kind of like sound draw you have generation profiles and generation profiles let you come up with um, keys and the time signature you want to use and the beats per minute um, and more than that even. Um, it, it's kind of uh, crazy how far you can take it. Um, then there's an, an influences section where you can uh, determine that you want to, like if you have an existing um, audio file, or um, you can use that audio file to influence the result, That's which crazy. is really cool. Um, I haven't tried that one yet. I've only gotten to the first two point of comp compositions and generation profiles because there's so much here. Um, and then you can, of course, you can download these, Then, uh, but you can also tweak everything inside of it, which is which is absolutely nuts. So you can create a composition really easily. You just, uh, there's a, a create button in there. Um, and what you can do is uh, you can pick from some existing profiles or you can select your own. There's things in here like 8-bit, which is what immediately draws my eyeball because I love 8-bit <laughs> music. Um, there's lo-fi, uh, synthwave, um, techno. There's 13 pages of this. Um, it keeps going and going and going. Um, but this is kind of setting the template of what it's going to generate. And so you can click that click create. Um, and this is something I've not seen on any of these other sites, right? Uh, I don't have any control over sound draws key signature. And maybe that's not a big deal for a 30 second thing. But if I'm piecing together various pieces for a longer form video, I might want to have control over the time, the key signature, so I can make sure that the two songs kind of work together. Um, if I'm doing a transition, um, so you can set the key signature or you can just say, Hey, give me any major key or make it sad. Give me any minor key. Um, but this is already a level of control that some of the other ones don't have. You can pick your duration. You can ask it to generate more than one composition at once, which is interesting. Um, and then you click create tracks and off it goes and it's fairly quick. So there's got, there's, it's doing a lot of like what I think sound raw is doing where it's using some patterns and then just putting patterns together. Um, but what's really interesting here is you can now open that in an editor and it loads a piano roll. Also, it's MIDI. <laughs> so now you have all the patterns it picked in a MIDI piano roll um, and you can edit these. Which so if there were little bits in here, bobs in here or you wanted to change exactly how they, they work together. Now you have control over that, which is super, super cool. Wow, that is wild. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to start. I mean, this one, I, f I wish I could like take a peek under the hood a little more. Um, but it doesn't look like I guess you do like you said, for Ava, you do need to have like an account. Yeah, to... you do need to have an account to get in. And they have a free account. I just don't think I'm going to make one sitting here right now. Uh, because as we've discussed previously, uh, I'm, yep. I'm not a multi-threaded person, so I want to focus on what we're talking about. Um, I was already drifting off into like just for a minute there, like cracking open um, dev tools to see like how they're uh, 
doing their website. Yes. <laughs> By the way, they're using Angular. No one cares, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I noticed that. So there, oh, there we awesome. go. Yep. Um, yeah. So like already you've got a lot of power there, but then it gets even, it gets a little weirder or not weirder, a little bit more awesome. Um, you can, you can create a generate what they call a generation profile. And I love the fact, and, and maybe this is a little bit less, um, scary, um, compared to the previous one. Um, it starts you off select a mood and it just gives us emojis. There is a calm emoji. Wait, is this still Ava or is this, this is still else? Ava? Oh, okay. this is still Ava. Um, there's an excited emoji, which has the party, the, the, the party emoji, fearful, um, sad, and tension. Um, again, I think it might be over indexing on negative emotions because there's three negative ones and two positive. Ones. Are we learning something about media? Like, I mean, maybe, maybe that's like kind of a thing where like, no matter what, every movie, <laughs> every right? video needs some tension. Like, I guess that's kind of part of the deal. Storytelling. Uh, yeah, drama, right? Yeah. I, I, I always I always have fun times yelling at uh, characters when I'm watching a, a very certain TV shows. It's like, Oh, this would not happen in real life. And then it's like, you know, they're manufacturing the drama because of course you have to have some drama, even if it doesn't make sense. That's right. Well, yeah. in real life, I mean, if you got the the musical cues, then you would know. That's like that's like when you I'm playing how to feel. when I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom right now and I'm like right. still not very far along. Therefore, don't have many hearts. If I hear the sort of dynamic MIDI music start playing, I'm like, all right, I'm getting too close to a scary thing. And uh, back away now. I need to, yeah, I do. I run right away from that stuff. I'm like, you know what? I am here to chase crickets today. That's what I want to do. And you know what? Sometimes that's okay. Hmm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, there there are times when that's sometimes all, all my brain can do is um, there's a there's another game um, that I love playing called a short hike, um, which the story it's a nice short game. Um, the story is a little, uh, it is, is cute, a little bit sad. Again, I think we're learning something uh, not necessarily sad, but heartfelt, you know, it pulls at the heartstrings a little bit, but it is such the m mellowest game just to play around in. Like, I think I've completed, I, I haven't hundred percented it yet, but I'm close. Um, so sometimes when I just need to veg, relax, listen to some cool music, um, that's the game I turn on and it's basically hunting crickets. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, the generation profile in Ava is where things really start to go to another level. Um, so this is what I was kind of hoping to see um, if, if these tools would take you to. Um, so we, clearly we're in the territory where Ava is not in and out in a hurry. Like you can be in and out in a hurry if you just want a quick track, but you can do more. Where a sound draw is in and out in a hurry and you're done. Ava lets you take it to that next level um, with this thing called generation profile. And so now you have control over dynamic range. You can say, I want to go from like soft to average or soft to loud. How the performance, uh, how expressive the performance is. So can the, can the tempo change? Um, what's the time signature? Um, is there any development um, over the course of the song? Um, so you can pick various... Um, uh, song forms, classical, jazz, electronic, um, which I'm assuming is informing, you know, the, the A, B, A, B, or, you know, the, the various parts of the song. Mm -hmm. um, you can decide how complex is the harmony. Should it pull in only simple chords or should it pull in um, you know, some, of the, some more of the rich um, dissonant chords that jazz might use? Um, you can control... Uh, 
some of the how the chords are formed are they like just you know just playing chords and then adjusting from there or uh or you can modify all of those into in fact that gets into a, a desktop application and, and things like that so apparently there's a desktop app for this too but you can add additional instruments you can control the bass it is absolutely bonkers how much control you have over this and then it <laughs> generates you a chord progression and then you can go into the piano roll and you can edit that chord progression <laughs> that's crazy so like i, I love it because it's like you get all this control over it yet you need to play zero notes in order to get something <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, you know if we in in programming vernacular would this count as basically like a a declarative declarative like paradigm for creating music like i'm just gonna like lay down like here here is how yeah. it will be yeah. and then things happen it would not surprise me um in some of those ways um i think it's it does like it would take some um ex experimenting to to figure out like exactly what all these things dial in and, and change um but it's it is it is a different way of thinking about it. It's like if I had a prompt, like, oh, like, and I wanted a particular style of music, I'd have to say, like, it is um, this type of jazz. I want to have this kind of progression in it. It should have two parts and you you go between them with a bridge in the middle and, you know, like all these kinds of things. And they've just kind of uh, put it in a UI. Um, and now how how much all of this influences the final version of it is something I've only just been playing around with it a little bit um, recently, but it feels like there's a lot of interesting power here. If, if anything for creative ideas, cause like it like pulling chord progressions and things like that. Um, so Ava is definitely something that I'm going to dig into more to figure just because of all the power that's in there. Oh, that's really cool. Um, that's one where I, I got to say, like the front page, uh, I don't know if I would have gleaned all of that information. If I'm totally honest, like the, your, nope. your your pitch for it is really effective. Whereas the, <laughs> the front page, I was sort of like, I could have gone right past that without realizing most of what was. And I under almost the hood. did. Um, I, I was one of the last ones that I tried because I, I was looking at a lot of the, a lot of the other ones follow sound waves kind of style. Um, there's a few uh, other ones out there and it's so, like sound draw, right? Sound draw. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sound wave. <laughs> um, there may be another one out there by that, by the time we publish this, that's that is sound wave. There's like another one out there called loudly um, variations on this theme. Like this, this seems to be a very um, common pattern is take the patterns, put them together in, in, in some interesting ways. Um, but this is one of the first ones where it's like it gives you a, a lot more control over the end result. Now, some of the other ones will go a, a kind of to an intermediate step where you'll get the the sound result and then you can kind of control for this section. I don't want the bass to be playing this section. I don't want the drums to be playing like you can get to that fine grain control. But I hadn't wow. seen one yet that goes to like Ava does, which gives you a piano roll. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> which yeah, I, anytime I see a piano roll, I'm instantly in love. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Cause uh, at some point you're like, all right, I'm out of the AI area mm -hmm. and now I'm going to really, you know, we talked about this before, right. About like, you know, uh, a, a working with AI paradigm, like the, I called it the sandwich model just as we were talking aloud, but like mm -hmm. where the human input, d you know, does some input and experimentation. The AI does like the middle part and then it spits something out that then the human perfects. Mm -hmm. uh, and it feels like even with music, that's that's really what you're describing. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting um, like I, I, I like seeing that at least some of these services are going taking that direction is like 
this may, the, the initial result you get may not be perfectly what you want. It might be. And if so, great. But then you have the opportunity to refine on it. And then I could imagine like, you know, there's lots of ways you could start to take this. Like, I'd really love to be able to do something like this. And maybe there are tools out there I should check, like where I could be doing some of this inside of logic and generating, you know, MIDI portions. And then you could start to get into just the same kind of like you could do an in painting or out painting or, you know, the generative fill inside of Photoshop maybe, you know, you can start doing some of those things inside of your piano role inside of Logic or your other DAW of choice. Um, so I think there's all sorts of interesting capabilities there. So like this rabbit hole, it goes deep. <laughs> this is scratching the surface. Oh, wow. And I'm kind of, you, you supplied us at the outset here with the list of links and I'm trying not to click ahead, but Dang it, I did. And I looked at this uh, AI test kitchen thing that you just That's shared. That's the one I just went to. <laughs> I, I was kind of like looking at that and then my my jaw just sort of dropped. So I and again, I've not used this, but it's a really cool thing where it's like um, it says music LM mm -hmm. describe. And this is the one line that you get to, <laughs> to know about it without trying it. It says describe a musical idea and hear it come to life. To life. It, it it so has me hooked. Um, the downside is, is you have to sign up and register your interest. So it's kind of behind a wait list. Um, that was the first thing I did, which was register my interest because I want to play with this thing. Um, because this one starts to make me think this is like the next, almost like next level. This is closer to going to chat GPT and saying, hey, write me a song and getting all of it AI generated, not just the particular patterns of, of human playing instruments, but like everything's generated out of this, which I could be wrong on that in terms of what the scope of it is, but it sure looks suspiciously like, you know, the equivalent of a large language model on ChatGPT only for music, which yeah, has my attention. <laughs> the the screenshot here basically looks like they, and I, I don't know if this is meant to be like real to the actual product that they're, or beta product that they're shipping here, but like, on the, the one little screenshot you get, which looks like it could be a video, I won't click um, just in case, but it's like you see what looks like a track list. And at the top, there's the prompt, which presumably maybe you said it out loud or you typed it, but it says ambient, mm -hmm. soft sounding music I can study to. And it shows that that music is playing. So um, that that's interesting, right? Like, I wonder yeah. if that's kind of like, uh, I actually do that a lot where I'm always like, looking for music that I can work to mm -hmm. that doesn't have certain things that will pull me right out. Right. Oh, like, God. As much yes. as I love music, like if there are vocals, like I'm not going to get done. anything done because I'm, I'm actually listening to what the song is instead. <laughs> yep. And so like, you know, kind of digging those things out of Apple music is not the greatest. And then also, um, some of those playlists don't get updated that frequently anyways. I, I can imagine a scenario where like, look, again, like I'm really into music. However, there is a I can imagine a time and a place where I'm just like, hey, uh, give me something nice that I can just like hack to for a while. Because mm -hmm. like I, what I'm really trying to do is like kill the silence a little bit. Right. <laughs> and have something that puts me in the zone without pulling me out of it to focus yes. on the music. Yeah, where it's where I, I don't want to be conscious of every of the rhythm of my own typing. I want something to cover that up a little bit. I'm not really paying attention to the musical development of it. Um, 
And no offense to anyone who loves listening to that kind of music or creating that kind of music, because that's a skill I don't have in terms of just playing like that um, lo-fi, slowly developing music. Um, I think that's awesome. But like my goal for listening to it is to get work done, not not pay attention to how it's progressing. Um, And so in that regard, it's like, okay, well, if you could have an AI do that, that'd be kind of, that'd be cool. And there's a few of them where it's like, I will think I found the playlist and then you realize, nope, because some of the songs in that playlist do have vocals or have a particular oh. instrument or what not that will. And it's like, just as you get into the flow, that's the worst thing. <laughs> it really, it really is. Like, I feel that what you just said in my bones, it happens. It's so it, jarring. I, I, so especially in Apple music, that seems to happen. I don't know what the curation of the lists, you know, some of them update more frequently than others, but some of the ones that are really like study focused don't seem to update that often from what I can tell. And, and then like, if, so what that means is if someone tosses in a track or two with like some kind of heavy vocal, well, you're stuck with that. Mm-hmm. Cause what I do is I, I put it on shuffle mm-hmm. and there's yes. no way for me to like make a, I guess I could make a copy and just remove those tracks, but I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> at that point you, you you've had to think too much. <laughs> I mean, that's what I want the music service for half the exactly, time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. So there is a way if you, you can still click, try it now on that music LM, it it won't let you in, but there's a hamburger menu over there and you can kind of get um, some additional resources on it. Um, And they give a little bit more detail about uh, what's going on. Um, One of the first ones is it looks like this is a paper from, uh, from Google on, um, uh, on the concept. And this is what the abstract says. We introduce Music LM, a model generating high fidelity music from text descriptions, such as, quote, a calming violin me- melody backed by a distorted guitar riff. Music LM casts the process of conditional music generation as a hierarchical sequence to sequence modeling task. We're quickly getting into word salad as far as my brain is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know these words mean things, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's late on a Friday, Friday night and my brain is, is, is as far as it can go. Um, generates music at 24 kilohertz that remains consistent over several minutes, which is interesting because I know some of the old ones, uh, previous attempts would often just forget about what it was doing and, and wander off in interesting odd directions. Um, our experiments show that music LM outperforms previous systems in audio quality and adherence to the text description. Um, we demonstrate that it can be conditioned on both text and melody in that it can transform whistled and hummed melodies according to the style described in the text description. Um, to support future research, we publicly release Music Caps, a data set of 5.5K music text pairs with rich descriptions. And then the page goes on from there with examples of audio generation from captions, um, I guess there's a story mode and where you're giving it a set of uh, text prompts and then it has to kind of um, combine these together into a, a single piece, um, conditioning based upon instruments, um, all sorts of things. Like I really, really want to be to get on, in, in past the wait list because I want to play with this thing so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, this sounds this sounds like a ton of fun. Um, and I, I, I also noticed how like they... Uh, like they don't ever mention like an artist or anything like that. So I'm also super curious. Like my guess is that's going to be uh, not allowed. So then, you know, this whole prompt engineering thing that we talk about occasionally, like I feel like in the music side of things, it's going to be like, how do you describe a Beatles song without using the word Beatles? Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or using song titles like in the style or in the, 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 
you know, like yellow submarine or what have you. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's come up a few times, right? There's, there's been cases where it's already kind of made the news where someone has like cloned, um, uh, uh, I forget which one it was though. Um, a famous singer's voice and they were like, you know, that made them upset on the flip side. There's some other singers out there that are like saying, use my voice to do whatever you want. Um, which is like, I'm not entirely for sure that's wise, but okay. Um, I, if you're fine with that, great. Um, so it's going to be an interesting world, just like, just like with, you know, it's, it's the whole thing, you know, why Firefly from Adobe is one of these kind of important moments is because it's not trained on content for which it's not licensed. So like, you can't ask it to create, um, a, an image in the style of, of certain artists if it's never seen that work. Right. Um, or certain trademarks, it won't let you create work on because it knows that you don't like, like it, it doesn't have permission to do so. Um, I imagine it's going to be similar here is like, there's going to have to be all sorts of guardrails against sounding like, uh, too much like, a, like a given band or a given album or whatnot. But depending on what you need it for, like, I'm always kind of looking at it from the perspective of, can I use this for inspiration? Like, it's so fun to be able to use Firefly to inspire me on like, like I would not have come up with that necessarily myself, but you know, I came up with a prompt and something cool came out. That's kind of what I would be using this for too, is like, well, how can I take that to the next, you know, incorporate and inspire the inspiration of that into my music. Um, but it's going to be a, a thorny world out there when, when you have music LM that can gen or other LMs being able to generate things in the style of other artists. Yeah. I almost wonder if there's like a world where they get a license to read in all these, like all the songs ever, just so that they can then tell the LM, whatever you do, <laughs> do don't make anything this. that sounds like yellow submarine for the love of God. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I cannot wait to see, see what's actually in this. Um, and and play around more because the, the this whole thing just sounds really really cool um there's something similar um and this one requires a bit more more research and i think a bit more uh willingness to get get your hands dirty and play with this locally um but there's also um uh there's musenet uh which is from uh open ai and it's all about um creating um, some of this stuff as well, but it's, um, using some open source mod or I think open source models and things like that. So like, it's got a section in here. Um, they, they, they say this, we've created MuseNet, a deep neural network that can generate four minute musical compositions with 10 different instruments. I mean, that's impressive already because I couldn't do that very well. Um, I, I can do piano and that's about as far as it goes. Um, and combine style from country to Mozart to the Beatles. So this is interesting. OpenAI mm. is already saying style of the Beatles. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe they've got some permission. I don't know. MuseNet was not explicitly programmed with our understanding of music, but instead discovered patterns of harmony, rhythm, and style. Um, and uh, it looks like it's based on some older technologies like GPT-2. Um, but there's a whole sets of uh, interesting uh, things in here, like compose in the sty style of Chopin or... Um, uh, you know, all of this, you know, and they, they talk about the data set. Um, they talk about some additional examples. Um, so there's some definitely, um, things that you can dig into if you're willing to do some, you know, tie things together yourself, um, or run some things locally. 
um, which I might be interesting to try one of these days too. Super interesting. Well, I had no idea that they were doing anything like that, but I guess I, I get so stuck in playing with their API <laughs> for chat completions and things like that, that I haven't noodled around with it too much yet. Yeah. Uh, the are... funny thing is um, you can ask chat GPT to write chord progressions and write music. Um, isn't horrible. It's not always great, but um, it's interesting that there's enough text that it's been trained on that it, it has a, a reasonable understanding of chord progressions and things like that. So who knows? <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I, I, I always like to hear those things where people like, I wouldn't have thought to ask it that. Um, I sat in a meeting once uh, when I was watching someone try to get chat GPT to just make like ASCII art. <laughs> and it'll oh no <laughs> it'll try i mean it'll definitely give you something that's like you know uh like monospace text <laughs> in a code block but it, it it won't be what you it like it never gives you like the thing a picture of the thing that you asked for uh, oh so, that's wild yeah <laughs> um i wonder how much it would uh, be just random or if you could even manage to coach it into like shapes in terms of ASCII art. Um, well, we but have... you can, you can ask things like, um, can, like give it a, a piece with jazz chords, for example. And what I just literally got back with now, I have no idea if this sounds decent, but the chords look reasonable already. Um, it gave a title to it. Interestingly enough. Um, says, here's a jazz piece composed with chords. Keep in mind that as a text-based AI, I cannot provide actual audio, but I can describe the chords in their progressions. Title, Midnight, Midnight Serenade. Nowhere in my prompt, by the way. Key, C major. <laughs> Chord progression is C major 7, A minor 7, D minor 7, G7, repeated. F major 7, D major 7. It loves sevenths, clearly. Um, it, has, it has learned to associate jazz and sevenths. Yeah, um, makes sense. Which makes sense. Um, and that has a bridge in there. Um, another verse, interestingly, which is not the original progression um, and a bridge. And then at the bottom, it says, feel free to imagine or feel free to imagine the melody, rhythm and improv that could accompany these chord progressions. Jazz is an improvisational genre. So there's room for creativity within these chords. Um, so it's 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 kind of wild that it already has enough literature or, or language that it's been trained on that it that it can spit out chords like that <laughs> it's pretty funny how it always tries to go above and beyond and it's like i'm gonna <laughs> name know. this and then i'll give you a little inspirational blurb <laughs> you can like, do it <laughs> play around <laughs> this is how how it all works this is why i picked the seventh um or like i can just Im suddenly i'm i'm imagining you know a music lm prompt of write this epic orchestral piece uh uh for you know, uh, at, at the end of, and, you know, we've, we've conquered the monsters or whatever. Um, and then at the front, it says as a music LM, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end, it's like, and I, I chose these particular instruments because of X, Y, and Z, and that's all baked in as part of the audio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, but I think it's really, really interesting. Like there's so much room, uh, for, for innovation in this space that I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, clearly. And I think, you know, we'll probably have to kind of wind things up here, but are there a few other things that you would want to call out for people to check 
on their way. I know we have like a iOS app in the list and maybe yeah. some other stuff too. Yeah. And so I haven't had a chance to play with everything. These were some of the other ones that came up um, in a similar search. Um, there's, um, there's another site called, um, Ecret music. Um, this one goes, um, is, a, is in the same kind of, and in fact, um, it's very much related to sound raw. Um, there's a banner on it that says, if you like Ecret, try its bigger brother sound raw. Um, what I liked about Ecret was you had a little bit of control over like, um, uh, the specific, um, instrumentation um and there is a way to try that one without creating an account as well um so it's just a kind of a different perspective uh, a little bit on it um, but you can it, it's very much into the customizing of the final result um and um there's another one um and this is just a list of some interesting things around um some of the music uh, ai stuff um ai-music.github.io and they have a whole s list of things going on um, in terms of uh, what they're working on from a musical perspective, um, including some stuff about generating symbolic music from text, uh, which really has my attention. Um, and then last but not least, there's this iOS app. Um, and I, I grabbed it on my phone. Um, it looks like you can do some uh, cool things with that. Um, it's called Amadeus Code. If I'd saw that, I would have thought it was a coding app, not a music app, even though it had the word Amadeus in it. Mm. Um, but it is for music. Um, it is available on the on the apps on the iOS app store. Um, and it gives you um, it looks like it gives you some interesting um, uh, ways of you know, uh, changing the beats. Um, what is your genre? Um, you can control some settings. Interestingly, it doesn't give you a whole lot of knobs. Um, and it's, it, it, it's UI takes this perspective of, um, one symbol to the other without necessarily telling you why I would favor one symbol over the other. Um, so you have to do a little bit of inference as to why, what this icon really means. Um, but it's still interesting. Um, so it gives you kind of that control in a, in your pocket, um, which I think is kind of cool. Um, so if you like this kind of stuff, but you want to do it on your phone, um, that's probably one of many, um, but that's one of the first ones that came up in, in the list that I was looking at. I'm just curious because like when I'm looking at their front page, it says they have a discover tab and there are artists like real songs like they have uh, Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise as like the <laughs> I just laugh because it's like a really random <laughs> sort of thing to have in there. But like, do you do you have that tab in the app that you've downloaded? Can you see that? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, it comes up with discover. Um, there's several in here. Um, forever love X Japan, rusty nail life is good. The box on so me. What's the idea there? Like I see a play button and a star again. I'm only just looking at their website, but so you can discover tracks. Great. That's a music player. How does that factor into like what you're doing in the rest of the app when it comes to generating music? So that's an excellent question. What it looks like it actually does, and hopefully this doesn't start playing, because um, I just clicked something. <laughs> um, okay, it's not. So what it looks like it actually did is um, you can dig into it a little ways, um, and um, it gives you kind of the settings it used, um, and then it immediately kind of takes you into the song section where you can control the harmony, the, the top line bass and beats. Um, so it's like, this is almost like the preset it used to generate this, I guess. Um, 
so kind of like this is your la- your launching off part in a way of to generate similar style sounding music. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's yeah, I mean, cool. you can see how like maybe artists are starting, presumably starting to plug into mm-hmm. some of this AI stuff. I mean, you mentioned earlier too, like uh, some artists like saying, I think Grimes famously is like make a awesome track or something like that. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something in there. Like I, I mentioned the verge cast podcast, uh, by the way. And a few weeks ago they did something where remember when like AI Drake was like a big news. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they, they got AI Drake to wrap one of their articles to them. And then they like (laughs) traded out Drake for a a, a slew of other artists uh, or hip hop artists like Eminem and Jay-Z. Uh, which was like, I mean, the way they were using it was just pure hilarity. But like, um, I don't think those are officially sanctioned, but probably not. <laughs> some are, some are, some are not. It, it really gets into that interesting, weird mix of not only are you maybe generating music in the style of, but now you have the voice. And we know, you know, there's like, uh, what is it, 11 Labs and, and various other ones where they're into um, it, 30 seconds of your voice and you can clone it. Um, now to do that in a musical way, um, is, is I think would be harder than just reading straight out text, but like now you're getting into this weird, not only are you just, um, inspired in terms of like how this band sounds, but now you're getting into also how this particular person sounded or group of people. And, um, it starts to get really layered in terms of how far can you, how far should you be able to take it? Um, and like, okay, so someone says, you can use my voice to do X, Y, and Z, but then you put me into a Beatles song. And like, you know, like there's all sorts of weirdness and edge cases that are going to be around this. Okay. Whoa. So I, I, thinking of all the weirdness and edge cases and all of that kind of thing, and like we've we talked about a whole whirlwind of musical tools. So I think the way I want to close this out is just kind of like, for example, when we talked about like images and AI, all pretty super cool stuff. And I think we had a moment where we were playing around with it a lot. Mm -hmm. And then eventually there was a moment where I'm like, I actually have a real world use case here. I'm making this flyer. I'm going to dash of AI, dash of templating, dash of this and that. And boom, we've got something. On the music front, I'm starting to wonder like, okay, this is a whole arsenal of potential tools that could be used. And I'm wondering if you do you have anything in mind right now that you either have used it for already, like to put something out into the world or that you're thinking about trying? Yeah, I haven't used it yet to put anything out in the world. Um, I am definitely going to try and make the the I'd rather be scripting podcast theme song. We'll <laughs> see how far I get on that or what what kind of results we get. Um, have to put them in the show notes or something. Um, or you who knows, you might hear it on the next podcast. Um, I, I don't know if we really want a theme song for, 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 for the long term, but it is it is a curious thing to try. Um, but there's definitely things where um, I've wanted to, to do some stuff around um, some more streaming uh, aspects on either playing games or, or, or looking at kind of like games from a developer's perspective. Um, Cause there were a few that I've been recently playing and it's like, that could be an interesting perspective. I know there's some other channels out there that do it, but it's like um, just how you, how, how being a developer changes how you look at um, some forms of our entertainment. Um, and it's like, I could put together um, my own piece of music. It'd be fun we have work, um, and lots of it, 
Um, if I could come up with little ways to simplify like, oh, an intro that I don't have to worry about royalty being royalty free or that it's going to get copyright. Like, I think that's one of the big things that I'm looking, looking at trying that with, um, and just to see what it can do. The other bit is just, um, like, especially I think with, with Ava, I'm going to be really curious, um, to see if it can do things like generating some interesting patterns for practice. Um, cause you can, um, I, 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 am I'm, I'm a pianist. Um, you can practice various scales all day long or whatever. Um, but it'd be interesting to be able to like, um, you know, a little bit more than sight reading or maybe a little bit less than sight reading, but, you know, putting these things into different practice, different chord progressions that I might not expect by default. Um, and since I, you, since you have the MIDI there, like you could easily put, print that out and, and put that out to transcription. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing to play with too. <laughs> yeah. You build your own sort of like tap, tap revenge, but for mm-hmm. the piano where you're exactly. just like, I'm going to see if I can follow along with this. Yes. Which, like it, which is a challenge, right? Because, um, there, there are, I've got several books about that are, that are just purely sight reading. The downside is the intent is that you have not seen that music before. Once I played it a few times, I've seen that music before. I'm no longer in, you know, so it's limited use unless uh, unless something falls out the, the back of my brain. Whereas this is maybe some way of getting into where that, that will be a piece I've never seen before. And, and can I do it? So I think that'll be interesting to try. Well, that's awesome. Well, Carrie, thanks for walking me through this whole sort of world of musical AI tools that, of course, um, I guess in retrospect, I shouldn't be surprised that they're you know, 20 different things we can already look at today that are fun to play with. But as you dabble through all of these, I'd love to hear an update about which ones have an API because I'd rather be scripting. Thanks for listening to this episode of I'd Rather Be Scripting. If you love scripting, terminals, Z shell, JavaScript development, and other random technology tangents as much as we do, we'd love to hear from you. You can always leave a review on your preferred podcasting platform, or you can reach out to us via the social links on our website, idratherbescripting.com. Until next time, I'd rather be scripting.